Is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messen Broadcast with Jess Full. Um, okay, what's up, everybody? This is Jess Full coming to you live on Lions Radio Network. Um, on location today, not in my studio, so we're already in the midst of kind of a semi-shit show. Excuse my language. Um, but luckily, I have someone here that hopefully can hear me right now. Kenny, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear Kendall? you. All right. Yeah. Kenny. So the good so the good thing about this is Kendall has been used to my crazy for like over two decades. So this is not surprising. <laughs> not and, at all. And okay. And Kendall is is who uh, who, uh, who uh, I believe you are you in Sonoma right now, bud? Yes, I am. Okay. So let's get into what we're talking about today. If there's any confusion or weird sounds, I'm trying to double dip on this switchboard right now because I don't know it wasn't connecting correctly so I need a computer lesson eventually but it's not going to happen today all right so Kendall is a amazing dope chef wine connoisseur world traveler here is her story As a world traveler, Kendall was raised in New Jersey, studied in New Zealand, and spent seven years residing in Orange, Australia with her winemaker husband, Andrew. While attending Le Cordon Bleu of Paris and Sydney, Kendall was classically trained in French traditions and techniques, later working alongside the highly respected chef Matthew Kemp of Restaurant Balzac. Before moving back to the States and settling in wine country, Kendall and Andrew immersed themselves in a two-month culinary tour of Southeast Asia. I can't wait to hear about that. Sounds so good. These internal experiences inspired and broadened Kendall's gastronomic palate. Her philosophy is to create an outstanding outstanding dining experience, highlighting the best qualities, flavors, and textures of California seasonal ingredients while recognizing the influences of her global travels. After after graduating from college and working in informal technologies for five years, Kendall listened to her heart and returned to her true passion, cooking. Upon settling in Northern California, Kendall worked under Chef Douglas Keene at Cyrus in Healdsburg, I believe. Yep. The, oppor- the opportunity to work with Chef Keen was invaluable, helping her to refine her skills and palate while recognizing the importance in using the highest quality and variety of regional ingredients. After Cyrus closed its doors in October 2012, Kendall commenced at Stark Steakhouse in Santa Rosa. While at the steakhouse, Kendall honed her butchering skills, mastered the cooking of local meats and seafood, and managed the dry aging process. She left Stark have her first child, Sky. Kendall is inspired by the ambiance of wine country and brings to the table her love of cooking, her global yet intimate palate, and her reliance on local ingredients. Enjoy. Hey, Kendall. Wow. Is that straight, <laughs> from, is yeah. that straight from the website? Totally from the website. That's your life so far. Wow. I, I haven't read that in a long time. <laughs> 
I know. It's always funny when I have to, like, send out, like, my resume or change my resume. I'm like, oh, maybe I have done quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like such a wank, like, though. Is that, you said a wank. You're right. Okay. So this is so much fun for me because, first of all, we'll get into the whole culinary stuff here, but a little background of how I know Kendall is, um, well, we went to school together, and we were definitely party friends, and then I was lucky enough to live across the hall from Kendall for a semester, and I, I kind of think that was not necessarily the beginning of, like, my mooching for, like, really good gourmet food, but it's <laughs> definitely, like, I, okay, maybe it was the start, because I always, I've always had, like, type money issues and Kendall would be over there like you know sauteing Brussels sprouts and stuff and I would just like come out from like my apartment I'd be like hey Kendall (laughs) I smell something cooking I smell something cooking and you know it always kind of worked out because we were solo livers so uh, if I didn't if I didn't thank you for that then I'll thank you for it now (laughs) anytime it was a pleasure. So, oh, yeah. Well, so Kendall and I are both um, graduates of St. Bonaventure University, which at the time was a top party school. So <laughs> many good stories um, between the two of us and our whole little crew. So yeah. Tell me about kind of, the thing that I love about this so much is that, you know, Kendall was definitely, it was obvious that Kendall was extremely creative when we were in school, and I think much more so than myself. So I definitely saw that in her, and to see you, um, you know, definitely parlay this into a career and a, a successful one at that is so awesome. So congratulations. Thanks. That's so funny that that's, that you say that because – even today, I don't. Um, I don't think I'm particularly creative when it comes to food. Well, I just I like to cook. Cre- yeah, I think you know, like I, I just like to, I just like to make yummy food, and but like I'm not. You know, sometimes I'll look at some chefs or I'll read books or I'll watch things. I'm like, man, how do they think to do that or combine those or make it look so beautiful on a plate or something? And I'm. I don't think I'm that creative in that regard. I just like to eat yummy food, and I try to make it. Well, I think, (laughs) you know, I think it also goes into creativity, you know, your ability to, you know, produce a final product, because honestly, like, cooking for me is a very difficult thing. So for somebody who's able to, you know, follow directions and then execute it and then also like find themselves within that medium which for you is Mm -hmm. food is creative and then for you to you know creatively go about creating a business and a lifestyle out of this yeah yeah that's a conversation I have like with my husband all the time is because sometimes and I'm starting to realize, okay, maybe it is creative, but I just never thought, and I'm sure it's the same with you with, like, painting or something. Like, if I'm having a stressful day or when I was working in an office and I get home from work, I just, my unwinding process is cooking or, you know, making dinner or something like that. That's just how I mentally unwound from a day or how I wanted to spend my free time, even in college, you know, like, we get home drunk and, like, all right, look, we make like that was yeah, well, that one me. that one pizza we made that one time did not work out at all. Like that's like one of my no. funniest memories of you. Yeah, <laughs> because it, we found it in the morning, pretty pretty black, didn't we? Yeah, pretty crusty, and we played frisbee with it. Instead. <laughs> oh, that happens, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how you you know that's how you learn. But like I've yeah. Even with, with this career, like one of the more, um, one of the things that I do so creatively and is also so exhausting about it is like the painting. And like you said, like the, the actual creating of the food is almost in a sense a release. 
And it's a place where you can find like your solstice and your peace. It's truly what you enjoy doing about, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're making for me, that's art for you, that's food. Um, but so for me though, the majority of my creativity comes from really goes towards making money off of what I, what I enjoy doing and what I'm good enough to do to make money at, you know what I mean? So totally, totally. Cause that's, because, yeah. like, you know, once I had kids, it was obvious, like, all right, you can't work in restaurants anymore because, well, the pay is crap and just the lifestyle was, you know, I, I'd be losing money if I was paying for childcare and trying mm. to work in a restaurant. Like, it, it just wasn't going to be the an hours. option. So like, yeah, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't possible. And, um, which is unfortunate. But, um, so it was you know, okay, what can I do? And at first it was just, I just started doing private chef work to, which I guess is when I see it as creative, it was more just as an outlet to, um, well, just feel human again and to have that creative outlet and to create something and to see people appreciate and enjoy it. And, um, and then that slowly kind of just turned into a little business that I have and it's, and it's great. And so, yeah, now it's just like, okay, I can make money doing something that I enjoy, enjoy doing. It's kind of on my terms, although, you know, you always find more reasons that you need more money and to work more and, and that kind of thing. But it's, all right, how can I make money out of doing this thing that I love to do and that keeps me happy and that does exercise that creative muscle right. um, that, you know, I just wouldn't have had if I wasn't doing this. Well, and that's, you know, that's a really cute or a really cool thing for us to touch on because, you know, it's a kind of... Jess, I lost you. I can't hear you. Jess. And I'm back. I don't know. This is like oh so my gosh. crazy. I know, man. I know. It's so difficult, too, because I'm so looking forward to this, and I can't even tell you. I've received, like, five text messages, six message chats, like, I, you know, during this. It's like the phone didn't ring all day, and now here I am, and I'm, like, ready to lose my mind. You're blown up. Yeah, I mean, I'd love – yeah, well, whatever. So is that so? I have a I have a question for you. Like, is that a fun process for you? Like how I like you know I obviously follow you on social media and that kind of stuff. So you started making these um, works with the with the brick like this this brick series, right? So do right. you just like do that creatively, and then you're like, okay, oh shit, how do I find somebody to like spend their money on this so I can keep doing it, or like what comes first, or is it different every time? Uh, I literally make stuff and then try to figure out how I'm going to make money off of it. Like it's such a ass backwards process and it's like very frightening and stressful in a sense because like for instance, the past few days I've been a little like sluggish in production, which bothers me because if I don't make something that is in a sense sellable, have any income right income the the pressure is on and you know it's the type of thing where I've been very lucky in the past three years to stumble upon this watercolor thing um, which has been instrumental in paying my bills and now you know that's going to launch internationally in January which will be a huge game changer so now it's just you know making do for the next three months thanks man for the next three months so it's stressful, but also I'm at a point in my career where people seem to be following and taking notice and interested in, you know, the ideas and stuff. So, for instance, with the brick walls, that was an idea I had. I had a meeting with um, a, a gallery venue, a venue space, and they, you know, offered me a show next March. So I'm in a position where I'm very lucky that there's 
there's some momentum behind what I'm doing. So it's gotten a little easier to place the work or to generate interest in the work. But I mean, this is 10 years later, Kendall. I mean, yeah, I'm just starting to, I'm just starting to kind of get into that motion. So it's, um, yeah, it's overwhelming. And it's also the type of thing (laughs) where like, you know, you don't like any, it's also very shocking too. It's like, Oh, Thank God, like, I, I made something that, that you know, I, I would imagine it being the same feeling as preparing, maybe if, like, a client of yours gave you leeway on a menu, and you said, hey, let's try this, instead of doing right. something that somebody, and like, somebody every time you're like, holy shit, I got away with that. Exactly. The, 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 the OS, I got away with it. Yeah, I mean, and, like, you sit, like, looking through the kitchen window, like, to wait to see if they like it or not. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. And, totally. you know, you're going to get paid better if it's a hit. <laughs> As yeah, well, they'll, they'll, call me again. Not- they'll call me again if it's a hit. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that's yeah. kind of how it works on this end. And it's also – similar to you, I would imagine about like, you know, building the portfolio, the word of mouth, the clientele, building the clientele, building the networking. And that's falls back on to really where I feel like I use a lot of my creativity, you know, always thinking about that next opportunity or, you know, like devising up that next opportunity, I feel like uses more of the creative aspect than me sitting there right. being like, yay, I want to I paint Kiwi Herman today. Yeah, so I'm really bad. I'm really, really bad at that. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's exhausting, dude. It's exhausting. Like, and, it's so, and it's so uncomfortable for me to, I don't know, talk about myself or to put myself out there or – and maybe it's like a, a it's a scary thing, but to me it's just really awkward and uncomfortable. I'll, I'll have people be like, "Oh, okay, so like tell me what what's your style and like what's your specialty," and like I mean I've heard myself at like dinner part like you know at a party for like a winery or something where these are my this is my market you know like I'm talking to people that run tour groups around Sonoma for like you know high end people and that would be a great person for me to get into for me to make like picnic lunches for them or something. And they're like, so like, Kendall, what is it that you do? Like, what's your specialty? What's your vibe? And I'm like, you know, I just get like good food and don't F it up. And I'm like, that's not the right thing to say. I don't don't have answers for that. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like I just cook food and it's good. And that is very true. Kendall, the food that you cooked, from what I even remember, was way beyond excellent, and we were, like, 18, 19 years old. um, But people want me to, like, whip out these answers full of magical words and things, and I just don't have it. I don't have that creative side or, I mean, maybe I need to, like, practice. But even, like, Instagram and that kind of stuff, like, you're always doing that. I, I, like... You know, I'll I'll have like a two week stretch every six months where I'm into it. Well, and I mean, you're also in a situation too, Kendall, where I'm like the sole breadwinner in my yeah. situation. I mean, I'm I'm single. You know, I'm doing this on my own. I don't have any backing money. I haven't taken out any loans. Like this has been really really difficult. And you know, so there is totally. a line. There is a line. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very vocal about it on my social media. Some people have told me I'm very annoying about it. I don't really look at it like I have a choice, you know, like I have to put this stuff out there. I have to make money. My art career has taken off enough where I'm not a desirable hire for regular jobs anymore. Right. So it's not really, but it's, it's forcing me to live my dream in a sense, and yeah. of which I'm not upset about, obviously, but also you have to take into consideration that, like, for me to fall back on something isn't really an option anymore. So if that's perceived as annoying, that I'm, like, always, like, pushing myself, like, pushing my product, pushing my artwork, it also comes Whatever. to me as finding 
financial survival. You know, this isn't like yeah. I, I mean, I I don't find that stuff annoying. I think that's just like pretty obvious that that's that that's what that is. Like you know, Thanks, like why else? You know, like why else would you be doing that? And it's well, not it's like that annoying or in your face, but it's just like, all right, here, I got some bills to pay. Who wants to buy some pictures? It's like, or, like rent to. Yeah. These I mean, these prints are on sale, team. Come on. Yeah, you know. No, yeah, no, I to- I totally get you on that. Like, and and you're right. I'm I'm fortunate. I'm in the position where, you know. I got to pay for preschool. Like, that's my job. I have to make enough yeah. money to pay yeah. for two kids in preschool, which in Northern California is a lot of money. But I believe it's, it. still like, it's still a lucky, it's a fortunate position to be in where that's my main objective is, okay, right. if I could cover right. this, then, you know, my husband can pay for food and rent and, you know, maybe we'll get a good tax return. So that right. we can save some money this time. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, and I think it's also like the, the financial support and the emotional support of being in it together with somebody. I mean, it's just like a really difficult thing to be creative. So if you're lucky enough and, and turn creativity into a profession. So if you're lucky enough and Andrew is the same, you know, he's a veteran, you know, in the sense that yeah. you two can identi- identify with each other and support each other on that mission. I mean, that's extremely, extremely valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, it's 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 really nice having that support. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have gone into food. I would have just stayed in IT and just being miserable um, if he didn't encourage me to do that because he did that. He worked a different career and then hated it and decided to get into winemaking. So he encouraged me to do that because he saw that's where my passion was. And, you know, what's that saying? You know, if if you do what you love, it's never, you know, it's never work or something. Yeah, it's lame like you don't that. a day in your life or whatever. Yeah, but well, it is. It's still work. I, but. I don't know how <laughs> true that is. I'll tell you what, this is like uh, – one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's like it's for like, real. It's a real misconception that when you, you know, venture out on your own and people say to me like, oh, sorry, I can't pay you this week, but, you know, it's fine because you do what you love and you stay home. And I'm like, well, three quarters of my home is my art studio slash office. So whether you right. leave and the it's house like, or go to your and office, it's like, Totally, and it's like, well, I stay home because I can't afford to go out and do anything else. So, uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps yeah. if I had a dollar, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an ironic cycle. So you know, like that's why I think it. You know, the perception that people that get to go and you know, it, everybody has the opportunity to take what's of interest and aspire to do that full-time, whatever that may be for you. If it's, like, painting nails or whatever really, like, gets you off, you know, there's a way to monetize that and turn that into a business. Now, whether or not you have the balls and the gumption and then you have, like, the strength and the follow-through to pull it off, that's where I think it, it draws the line for people that end up doing what they love for work. Um, and I'll tell you what, like in that attempt, the first 10 years, you know, you often question, how much do I really love this? Do I, you know, and for me, you know, it's yeah. come around that this, this is fully supposed, this is what I'm supposed to be doing on a few different facets. So, you know, I'm just trying to keep my head above water until it really hits for me. Um, but I yeah, I, you know, like, I think that's always been pretty obvious, like, from, from my point of view, it was always obvious that that's, like, the direct, like, the direction I would see you moving, like, I can't imagine you doing anything else than, like, being an artist, working for yourself, like, figuring it out, like, you don't, you play by your rules, you do your thing, and you, like, you duck and weave, and you make shit, and you make stuff work, you know? So you're basically saying I haven't changed since you've known me. 
Well, no, I mean, of course you change, like people grow and that yeah. kind of stuff, but you are who you are, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I agree. do you see yourself, do you, that. like, could you imagine seeing yourself, like, sitting in an office all day, like, dressing the part and all that? No, man, because I did that for the first, you know, six years of this. Yeah. Six, seven years. And that's, years, like, living hell. Was that, like, was that living hell for you? Yeah, it was extremely difficult. Yeah. I I yeah. hated that stuff. I was like, yeah, I need out. I mean, and I, like, felt the same way about you. Like, when I saw that you were doing this professionally, like, I just so remember how delighted you were when you would make things at school. And I was always thinking to my, you know, I knew that you were talking about how much you'd love to do that and, like, whatever. But, you know, it's like we leave college with the idea that, you know, all right, you're an adult now. It's time to survive. you got to do what you got to do. And, um, you know, so to see that come to fruition for you just makes me so happy, bud. Like, I just think it's so great. And to see, like, all the awesome people you've worked with and, like, the education you've, you know, achieved doing this, it's just, like, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I love it so Thanks. much. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's just like I think it's so special, and it's cool because there's been quite a few of us um, from our little crew of friends that have kind of gone off and done some really exceptional independent things. And, you know, whether it's like opening your own business to any degree of what you're passionate in, I mean, I just have so much um, appreciation for any of our, you know, friends that have been doing that. And it's just so cool to be able to watch it grow and, you know, and like to have that ability it's just like neat it's also yeah a testament. I find it really inspiring to watch like the different things that you do and um you know like watching Anne with her business who's like another friend of ours everybody that we went to school with like doing her business like I find it like incredibly inspiring watching how you guys figure out how to make what you're doing work and um and trying to apply that to what I'm doing. And, you know, I was just in Cleveland, like, a couple, like, three weeks ago. It's just, like, it's just, like, revitalizing being, like, okay, like, to think of things in a different manner. Like, even just what you were saying is you ha- you you have to be more creative on the business side as far as, like, how to get business, how to get money, that kind of thing. Like, I never yeah. thought of that as having to be my creative, how I have to – show my creativity a bit more but you're right like I have to be more creative in how I put myself out there or how I acquire more clients or business because you know all right Christmas is coming up I usually do a fair amount of Christmas parties but no one booked me yet so yesterday I was emailing people being like oh hey I'm filling up fast Get me in while you can, but really, it's just like, I don't have anything booked in December, and I need money. Like, yeah. All right, people, like, come on. And maybe just for you, just take some time and really, um, you know, try to figure out, if I were to offer you a suggestion, unsolicited suggestion, use that, like, creative, creative flow to really kind of try to identify with a way that you can communicate with your clientele that you are comfortable in and that represents you and what you do well. Like for me, I can't stand Instagram. I like, I, I hate it so much. I can't even get into it. Like I, I hate it so much that I think you can even tell from my Instagram post. I'm like, here's a post for you. (laughs) Yeah. Like like you become resentful and I feel, I feel like, so I don't use it anymore. You know? It's not a good yeah. representation. Yeah. Okay. Now that we've totally gossiped and gushed about our fabulousness, let's talk about <laughs> some food. <laughs> oh. So Thanksgiving's next week. Yeah. And I wanted to discuss some Thanksgiving favorites that you can recommend and then between not that you don't have plenty to do but if we are capable of getting some recipes or something and i can post them um for our listeners we will sure um but all right kendall tell us some of our your favorite things that you like 
to include with your family <coughs> meal on Thanksgiving. And if it's traditional stuff, great. If it's new, great. Just fill us in. Um, all right, sure. I think some in some areas you have to stay traditional, obviously, with the turkey and stuffing. You know, you have to do your stuffing, how, or if you call it dressing, whatever you want to call it. You have to do that how you're used to doing it and how you know your family likes it, so I'm not going to even touch on that. Um, I Well, I will touch on it. <laughs> I will, okay. you know, so, so I put, like, bacon and apples and chicken liver or, like, the livers from inside the turkey into my stuffing and, and sage, and that's kind of my stuffing. You know, I do a, a bread-based stuffing. I don't do rice or corn. Uh, bread or anything like that but that's you know what my family grew up with and so that I try not to touch that too much turkey again traditional turkey um I do like a thing that I do with like when I make roast chicken or roast turkey is I get um like a couple sticks of butter and I chop up a bunch of herbs like whatever you get at the supermarket if you have some in your backyard growing uh, at the supermarket, they sell, like, a poultry mix kind of herb thing. There's usually sage and thyme, maybe rosemary, honestly, whatever you have. I would, like, chop it up and put some, like, lemon zest and some garlic and, like, mash it all up into with the butter. And mm-hmm. called like a compound a, called, like, a compound butter when you do that. And then I put it underneath mm-hmm. the skin of, like, the roast. If I'm doing, like, roast chicken, I do that. But So I'll just do that with the turkey at Thanksgiving. And so I'm an under the skin with the butter kind of person, which means you got to get dirty. I just had but... like like a culinary like botched episode go through my face in a matter of seconds. Like I'm like imagining <laughs> you like face lifting this like turkey chicken and like inserting like no, injecting this so like the skin, by, like by the <laughs> cavity. Like so okay, so like if you have the turkey or like the chicken sitting in front of you, you know, and so like the legs are pointing at you, so the cavity is right there. You could usually, like, peel away some of the skin and get your hand in between the skin and the meat. And I'll just put the butter, you know, I'll get my hands dirty and put it in there. But you could put it, like, in a Ziploc bag and cut the tip off and, like, squeeze it in there like a piping bag kind of thing. And then just, like, spread it all over the breast. And so all the flavor gets onto the meat and it stays all juicy and yummy. That's what I do with my turn to be a professional chef. That's what I do with my chicken and You gotta get dirty. You gotta get dirty with it. Rub it around. You know, massage it. You know, introduce yourself. Ask for ask for permission and uh, proceed with caution. Yeah. Turkey, you're gonna get it. So Are you okay with that? Yeah. Like, is this okay? May I enter? Thank you. And then just, like, treat it like a lady. Treat it with respect. You know? Tie it up and uh, throw it in the oven. <laughs> oh, my God. I miss this so much. Okay. I do, Let's I do talk about tie my turkey. Yeah, side dishes. So one of my favorite side dishes is, um, I'll give you the recipe for this, although it's not really a recipe. Um I guess it's a recipe. We'll figure it out. Um, It's a salad, but I serve it as a warm salad. So I roast cauliflower, um, you know, until it gets all brown and charred or whatever, however much you want to roast it. I definitely want to get color on it. I don't like it to be white. So a really hot oven. And, Mm -hmm. um, And then I just toss it in with kale. So you could use, like, baby kale, or if you get big kale, then you have to be good at using a knife because you want to like kind of shred it and chop it like really finely um so baby kale would be super easy to do this because then you won't have to cut anything um and i just throw the hot cauliflower onto the kale and i put like some shaved parmesan and a bunch of sunflower seeds and um i make a dressing like a i make a preserved lemon vinaigrette but you could just buy any old dressing that you like um and toss it together and so like the cauliflower will wilt the kale a little bit and it's just like a yummy big 
uh, warm salad. That's one of my favorite dishes on Thanksgiving, and um, it's because it's kale, and you know how kale gets all puff and, like, annoying when you feel like you're well, eating kale- something that's healthy. Well, yeah, and kale's But so it's, it's, still good the, it's still good the next day because, you know, a lot of salads and that kind of thing, if you put dressing on them, you can't eat it the next day, so... I actually really like the salad the second day as a as a colder salad because it's just a little bit more yummy that way as well. So that's one of my favorite because um, it's like a salad slash you know cauliflower vegetable dish at the same time. Yeah, it's a little more sustainable. So I like that's that's one of my that's one of my jams instead of a traditional salad with tomatoes and cucumbers and all that kind of weird stuff. On Thanksgiving, I just feel like it kind of goes with the vibe a bit more. Mm-hmm. And what what are your favorite Thanksgiving sides? I don't, you know, my mom always like kind of switches it up for for us, you know, because we have a small family, so there's not really like that much of like a. Gym. My mom's a dope cook, so like I'm always excited, and especially art life. I'm like, whatever food you want to make me, that's great. <laughs> um, totally. But like, yeah, I'll cook for me. I love it. Um, and thank you so much. But no, she always, we've been doing like things like Cornish game hen and she'll do like a really cool cranberry and she makes these amazing mashed potatoes. Do you have a mashed potato situation that you? Yeah. So what I do, can I tell you what I do with my mashed potatoes? Absolutely. I throw in, um, a celery root. So it's called, some people call it celery root. Some people call it celerac. It's like this big, ugly, knobby thing. I'm holding my hands up, but you can't see. It's about probably about the size. It's usually like about the size of a grapefruit, and it looks it looks wacky, but it's pretty standard in grocery stores now. Um, even like, you know, just like basic grocery stores, I see that all the time, not like fancy Whole Foods and that kind of stuff. Um, most, right. Especially this time of year, most places you could find celery root. So you just want to, like, I don't even use a peeler. I just get a knife and cut off the outside because it's pretty knobby and dirty and that kind of stuff. And I'll just throw that in with the potatoes while they're boiling, and I'll, like, mash uh-huh. it with them. And so it's still, like, 80% potatoes, but just that one little bit of celery root. Just, And it's not a very strong celery flavor, but it just makes it, you know, a little something different, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. ooh, what is that? This tastes a little what fancy. Yeah, it's a good one. And just lots of lots of butter and salt is really the trick to good mashed potatoes. Yeah, that's real. My mom does um, sometimes, like, when she does her twice-baked potatoes and stuff, she'll put, like, a little bit of blue cheese crumble in it. And it, like, gives it this, like, really great kind of, like, aftertaste where it's not even, like, you, you're like, is that blue cheese? Isn't it blue cheese? But it, like, adds, like, a little zing to the potato. And it's just. Yeah, you're like, ooh, what? That's, that's exactly what the same that? kind of thing. It's just a different flavor profile of just, like, oh, what is, this isn't just regular mashed potatoes. What's your trick? And it's just, like, well, yeah. and I just throw it Yeah. Throw a little some something different in there along with it. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Well, yeah. And I feel like garlic mashed potatoes were so last season. <laughs> Overdone. <laughs> okay, so what else? But, like, like, so what? What else do you do on Thanksgiving? I don't. So it's funny because I was just this morning. I was like sitting down, like counting how many people are going to be at my house, and I'm like, all right, now I got to figure out what I'm making. Um. So I don't even know what I'm doing yet, but there's some, you know, my whenever my mom's here, my mom's obsessed with turnips, so I have to have turnips because my mom likes turnips, and I, like, literally just buy one turnip, and I'm like, all right, here you go, Mom, this is for you. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's like that Friends episode where Monica tries to make, like, everybody the exact, like, potatoes they want or something, and it's, like, nearly impossible. Like, yeah, I, that, I forgot about that because that's kind of what I did a couple years ago. And when I sat at the table, I'm like, this is just like I've got mashed potatoes over here. My dad likes sweet potatoes, so I make my dad sweet potatoes. My mom likes turnips, so but she wants her turnips like mashed with butter. So essentially like mashed potatoes but turnips. And I look at the table, it's just like a bunch of like baby food. 
worked out well because I had babies, but it was just like, come on, like this is so not exciting. So after that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm doing what I want, and it'll be good, and you're just going to have to take it. Deal with it. But, well, well, you know but still, being the, still being the mom pleaser, I'll make my mom her turnip. Of course. Well, mom, you know, got to yeah. give it up for mom. But you know what makes yeah, we sure do. Thanksgiving really exciting? What? Wine. Alcohol. Yeah. 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 So tell us about um, some some good wine pairings that you can kind of maybe try this Thanksgiving that you normally wouldn't invest in or, you know, things that are, like, nice for this particular holiday meal. Because it's such a heavy meal that it's, like, then you drink some red wine and then I'm completely, like, fat and flatlined. Don't talk to me. Yeah. I always like to have a um... – a cocktail, like a Thanksgiving cocktail before the meal. And then like, yeah. So my husband's the one he's Andy, he's a winemaker. So he's usually the one on wine duty. And this year we're having, I think two other winemakers that are going to be at our Thanksgiving dinner. So I tend to just stand back and let them take care of that. Uh, Typically the, the varieties of wine that we'll see on Thanksgiving are like um, Pinot Noirs and Gamay's, just kind of light red wines, but still pretty fruity. You know, turkeys, poultry, so you're not going to want a big Cabernet or something that's going to fully overpower it. And you don't want something that's going to be big and heavy and kind of weigh you down. So, like, things on the lighter red spectrum is, I think, what you'll see more of. Or if you go to a wine shop and talk to somebody, they'll steer you in that direction. Um, even like a light, no, not really a light then. Yeah, I think Pinots and Gamay's are, are the traditional ones. But um, last year, I that's what I've been talking to my friends. I've been trying to figure out what I want my Thanksgiving cocktail to be this year. Because last year I was on a really big whiskey. I was I was on a big whiskey sour kick, and um, I made these apple I made these like apple cider whiskey sours. They're so good. It sounds amazing. And now, and now I don't know what I want, and I might just, but I don't want to do the same thing again. But I'm like, oh, that was a good one. What do I do this year? We did amaretto so sours once for for Christmas, and it was amazing. It's so nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like you know, a doctor, like nice little cordial, you know. Yeah, and well, it yeah. just keeps like it keeps it keeps the mood light. You know, one of, one of my biggest things on, like, Thanksgiving is, um, you know, I, I have a New Jersey mom, and she's your stereotypical New Jersey mom that just wants to take over and help and do everything, and and I'm just like, no, this is my kitchen. Get out of here. So I, I, have, to give her, <laughs> I have to give her a job. I have to give her a job. And um, I think last year I had her. I think last year I had her iron napkins. <laughs> just to get her. You know, I'm like, just hang out with the kids. Go be grandma. Get out of here. Uh, so and so and so that in turn like makes me a little uptight because I'm just like so defensive and keeping my elbows out. Like this is my kitchen. Back off. Um, so yeah, having, having a cocktail around really just like keeps everybody good. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can't like, you know, we have a lot of wine around our house. I, you know, I can't drink wine all day. It's just like, it just kills me. (laughs) I mean, all right. I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say that. I can't drink red wine all day. It just, that's true. It just like, it just like knocks me out but like if oh, we, yeah, we'll probably start with some sparkling wine with some at like crab season just started here dungeness crab so we'll probably have one of my friends always makes this like dungeness crab kind of dip type of thing so we'll probably have like some kind of platter of dungeness crab hanging out with some sparkling wine and then moving into other nibbles and cheeses and that kind of like you know it'll be a 
smorgasbord of appetizers and things to snack on and wines to drink before the big event, which is which is great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what more do you? But what more could you ask for? Sounds like a lovely affair. It's Thanksgiving affair. after all. Yeah. 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 Okay, so let's talk about um, a little bit about like these wildfires that happened out there. Where I know some parts, it wasn't. Yeah. Did you see any? Yeah. So so all the, all, all the yeah. So the um, the fire, the campfire is is in like outside of Chico. Or it's in Paradise, California, which is outside of Chico. So that's about two and a half hours north of us. And um, we have had really um, poor air quality since it started. Uh, mm-hmm. Schools have been closed here since Friday. So, again, they're, they're, I mean, every, it was a public holiday yesterday for Veterans Day, but schools are closed again today, um, all mm-hmm. the public schools, because of, because of poor air quality. I'm currently just sitting in my car talking to you because I, you can't go outside. It's just gross. Um, so that, yeah, it's just, everything's covered in smoke, ash is falling out of the sky, and we're not even in the fire, you know, we were in the fires, we were in the fires last year, but, um, so we know how hard it is and and how much it stinks, but they're affecting us just in our breathing, but luckily they're not affecting us in anything else right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think that too, especially you being from the East Coast and now experiencing, like, West Coast life, and it's just so obvious to me, like, how people are kind of so disconnected to, like, unless you experience something for real, like, it doesn't affect you. It's not, it's all the way over across the country. Like, we don't know um, here on the East Coast except for what people are saying. So for you to be, like, able to give us kind of a first account of how that's affecting you and you're not even within it. That, I mean, just imagine that would be like for those of us in Baltimore, you know, Ocean City burning and us experiencing that, you know, two and a half, three hours inland, you know, and how yeah, it's like, yeah, that's it's, how huge that is. Yeah, like, you know, they don't have, it, it doesn't snow here or anything, so like schools are never closed for anything except during fire season, which there's a fire season, which is nuts. Um, you know, w- school closes somewhat regularly for poor air quality, um, and it's just like it's hazardous air that you're breathing in. You know, it's like you get alar- alerts on your phone, uh, like the hazard warning on how bad it is, and everybody's got, you know, their air purifiers and changing like your like you have the air conditioning or like your – air even though it's not cold or hot so you don't need like heat or air conditioning this time of year it's just a nice moderate 68 degrees but you just have to have something running to purify the air like every day you go home and there's just like a film of ash all over your house even though the windows are closed the doors are closed and you're just like how is it getting in but it's getting in somehow Um, and we're not you know and you don't want to complain about it because last year we were in the fires, you know, last year I was evacuated from my home for three weeks. I had mandatory evacuation. I w- like just wasn't allowed to even drive on my road for three weeks uh, from the fires and stuff. So it's just, um, so you don't want to complain about it because All you're right. just very lucky to not be living through it. But it just, you know, I just want to take a breath of air properly. Well, and I think it's interesting <laughs> something you take for granted. Well, right, and I think it's interesting to hear it from your perspective. You know, like the whole idea of, you know, this is really massively affecting celebrities, and there's kind of like this tear, like it, it, this particular fire. You know, um, especially with it being in Malibu and Paradise, and you know, people are like, oh, they're rich, they're wealthy, like you know, like it'll be fine, and that's true. But you know, we're paying attention to the platform of the 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 famous and, and celebrities that we're able to pay attention to and there's you know millions of regular people that live within it as well that don't have the same luxuries so when we're trying to be like sympathetic and empathetic towards each other you know it's like you think 
oh, uh, who cares about Kim Kardashian, but I'm thinking about my friend Kendall. <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember last year, you know, at the time, the time of the Sonoma fires, it was the same time that, like, all this Harvey Weinstein stuff is going on. And while that's very important and it's all credible and hugely impactful, um, I just remember being so pissed off that every time I turned on the news, that's all it was. It was only Harvey Weinstein every single second of every single day. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, how come no one's reporting the friggin' fires tearing through my home? Like, what's going yeah. on here? And now, and now celebrities are losing their houses. It's on the news a lot. But also, you know, the fires in paradise, it's going to be really bad. I think that I was reading this morning, I think there's like 40-something people confirmed dead, but there's still like 200 people that are missing that once I think, like, they're going to be they're not going to be there. Mass casualties. Yeah, it's going to be mass casualties. Yeah, mass, like mass it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be really, really bad. You know, the people were lined up. I mean, and, the, and this happened around here in Sonoma. We had friends that were just sitting in traffic, and everywhere they looked was a fire. And they're like, well, where do we go? Like, you know, how do we get out of here? We don't know which direction to drive and that kind of thing. And in Paradise, People were sitting in traffic trying to get out, and the police came and were just like, you need to start running. Get out of your car and run. Like, uh, can you imagine yeah. that? No, because, I mean, I was watching, you know, there's only so many political things that I can rant and rave about on my Facebook before people really get like, officially sick of, sick of me. And, I mean, I'm even getting sick of me, so that's not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> but, um no, I mean, I've been watching this stuff really closely, and there's just so much crazy stuff going on now that I don't even know where to touch on it, like where to begin. And I was watching videos of people literally sitting in traffic, nowhere to go, and the fire was up on the highway that was the only way to get out of the way, and the traffic wasn't moving, and literally the fire was up to the guardrail, you know, in the brush. Yeah. And so – it's all well and good to say to get out of your car and run, but you're literally like you're not running out of a fire that's contained to a home. You're you're attempting to escape a fire that's surrounding you in 360 degrees. So, uh, no. I but like that, you, but imagine if that's your only. But, but imagine if that's your only option. Like, just how scary would that be? Yeah, no. So that's why yeah. I, I appreciate you touching on it because I think it's very serious. I think it's something that deserves more attention than it's getting. And I think it's something that, you know, in this time where we have a government that likes to belittle things that are extremely serious, you know, having you tell us your experience with it really matters. I mean, it matters to me. And I yeah. think, you know, in a sense, your story is almost more important than the celebrity stories because while they do have the extraordinary means, you know, there's plenty of people that live just every regular day lives in California that don't have those means. So that's really what we need to be paying attention to, you know. So Yeah, and it's, it's incredibly devastating, and it's just like, um, you know, a moron president, I'm sorry, just like why like no no matter how factually wrong you want to be like have a, a slight touch of empathy and acknowledge that people are dying and like just just don't be a, a complete dick be a well, little bit you know like you got to be you got to be you and, and be you but like just <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah it's, it's so so many levels of frustration, and if you want to touch on that, but it's just it, yeah, it's completely devastating, and I don't think that I think in the weeks to come you'll really see just how devastating, at least up north. I mean, I think they're starting to see down south because it seems to be contained, or people are starting to go to go back and. Um, to Malibu and see all their homes and that kind of stuff, but I right. think up north in Paradise, I think it's going to be a while till like we actually see just how horrific it is, and 
I think it's pretty horrific. Like it's yeah, pretty bad. I think it, I think it's being downplayed for sure, and I you know it's just also, you know, when we have political leadership that's generally a little out of touch, you know, and I mean I think it's easy. <laughs> I think it's easy to get out of touch even in like our everyday lives and what we do. I mean, I have to keep myself really centered with actuality. Reality is compared to imagination. I mean, I'm imaginative anyway by, by trade and default. So, you know, I regularly check myself as like, yo, yes, realize what that is. And, you know, at least I'm like aware and honest of that. But when you have leadership that's so, but not like just so out of touch, so out of touch with what any realm of regularity is, you know, because like I was just thinking like, oh, you know, the DJT has such pride in his gold toilet that if it burned, you know, know, or if he couldn't, you know, he had to evacuate the throne or whatever, like whatever would he do? And I'm like, he'd buy another one. You know, he just replaced it. Like, there isn't the connection to, you know, what, like, to the household, to, you know, all that good stuff that, you know, people who live everyday, ordinary American lives are really attached to, like, the memories and all that good stuff and the effort that it takes to build a home. So Yeah, and just, like, it's not that easy for a majority of people just to go out and replace things. Even, like, exactly. if you have insurance money, which is, like, hard to actually get. You know, I've, I know a lot of, like, half the homes on my road burned down last year. <laughs> and fine. people can't, you know, okay, so some people got their insurance money and just being able to rebuild, you know, it's not, places are still trying to get approval so they can break ground to rebuild their home. Like half the half the houses on my road are gone, and they're just hanging out in trailers. Yeah, have to rebuild. Like, have, have the money to rebuild, and you just like are waiting. Well, yeah, because you have to wait for insurance claims. You have to. It, it takes forever, and it's like it's a real displacement, and um, for you know society in a sense to be not acknowledging that or not being aware of you know to the degree. Um, you know, it's just like imagine what a pain in the ass it is to move on a good day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and, and the thing is, is that it's happening everywhere. Like it's still in Puerto Rico. Like I've got friends, you know, whose parents are in the Panhandle in Florida that a tree fell through the roof in that hurricane, and you know they were number eight on the list because he he flew down and helped like his parents like clean out everything so they're number eight on the list to get a new roof so that they could start rebuilding the inside of their house and you know it just but it you know it, it's just happening in so many places now and you just it's easy as an outsider to think like oh okay well they'll rebuild this is going but you know sometimes you just want to move on and and get on with it but a year later people are still trying to and it's just it's not that easy where you can't just throw money at it and make it better yeah, well, on that note, that is a quality, quality thing to say. You can't just throw money at things and make it better. I mean, a lot of this stuff really takes a lot of time. And, you know, it's just, um, yeah, I'm just, like, glad that you're safe. And I was worried, and, you know, last year was bad enough, and, I, you know, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, thanks. No, we're, okay. we, are well, we are well and good. Good. Just looking for just looking to fill my lungs with some fresh air. Yeah, right. Well, that will hopefully come we're, soon enough. And wish you guys. And we're gonna, you know, call it a day here. But I want to thank you for taking time out. This is the first time Kendall and I have really talked at length in a good amount of time. I feel like nothing has changed. And no. I would. Love to get out to California and see you guys sometime soon and meet Andy and Sky and you know do all that good stuff. So like, um, just want to wish you guys like the happiest Thanksgiving and Christmas and I really hope to see you soon, bud. Thank you. You too. Well, you know you got a bed to crash on. You come out here. So <laughs> yeah, just just do it. You know I'll take you up on that any day. <laughs> um, Perfect. Okay, well, that would do it. 
do it for us here at Death Message Broadcast on Lions Radio Network. Um, next week is Thanksgiving. Not really quite sure what we'll be doing with the show, but um, I don't know if we're going to do a repeat or if we're going to do a pre-record. But I do want to thank Kendall for, you know, giving us some shout-outs and some ideas for Thanksgiving. And I just, in case this is my last, um, you know, broadcast before Thanksgiving, want to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday. From everyone here at Just Mess and Broadcast, from Lions Radio Network, we want to thank you for tuning in. And to Kendall for taking time today, bye. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye. Bye, bud. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. If you love football, yelling at television screens with friends, and wearing clothing with someone else's name on it, there's a seat waiting for you at Buffalo Wild Wings, where you can enjoy football food and football beverages on our new $5 game day menu. Cheeseburger and fries. Brats. Cocktails and pitchers of beer are just $5 each. Escape to football and the new $5 game day menu at Buffalo Wild Wings. Price and participation vary by location. Not valid with any other offer. Please drink responsibly.